Okay, welcome back to MUFC Podcast episode 13. I've finally arrived back from Perth. It seems like six months since I've met Larry. How's nice things? to see you, mate. No, lovely to see you. Miss me? Um, a little bit, you know. I bit. mean, I've been I've been quite busy watching United play well and just you know twiddling my thumbs a little bit. Sometimes I watch paint dry and I go, oh, that reminds me of Tom a little bit. But you know, it's nice to have you. Yeah, back it's nice to have you back as well. Although it was weird watching on the TV the other day the Inter Milan game, watching the first two games, the Perth Glory and Leeds match completely different view of the match you don't take in the, as much of the match as you do on TV so if you tell me how do we play against Leeds I couldn't really uh, tell you how do we play against Perth I couldn't really tell you the Inter Milan match had a far better um, understanding of what happened but being behind the goal obviously it's not a great view but it was 90 minutes of singing in both games so um, an unbelievable tour in Perth if I were to ask you what was the highlight of your tour would we even be talking about the football Definitely not. I don't remember much of the football. It was only 180 minutes of the actual trip. Um, obviously, my warm embraces with one matter. Yep. Um, Did he give you hugs? Wouldn't call it a hug. It was um, like a warm embrace, like a handshake. And uh, I put the arm around. Yeah, that, the arm around. It's so quite intimate, actually. It, it was. Trust yeah. me, it was. It was. Um, Solskjaer, he was good. Um, he came over a few, a few times. But the player who played, I, I wouldn't call it stealing the show, but had a lot of times with fans was Daniel James. After trainings, he really spent the time, sort of 20 minutes to half an hour, yeah. making sure. And that could be a, I, wouldn't, I don't want to be harsh on him, but that could be a ploy, maybe a new player wanting to win fans over. But it was very appreciative from all the fans. I think if we were to think about it, and we've discussed this before, a gesture from a player might be nothing, but to a fan, it could mean everything. Oh, unbelievable. And when you consider Dan James... If you told him six months ago you'd be a Manchester United yeah. player, I think his head would have exploded. Yeah. He was on, on the verge of signing with Leeds or in the January transfer window, and then all of a sudden, look at him. He's at the biggest club in the world. Yeah. So I think for him, it's, it's a little bit surreal, and I think he feels that sense of, I have to give back to the fans a little bit. But it's wonderful to hear that oh, Dan yeah, James, yeah, Juan Mata... Yeah, definitely um, not complaining at all. Yeah, it, it's always great to hear when these players, or as we view them as idols sometimes, or role models it's great to see them giving back yeah no 100% now in our preparation for this podcast I completely forgot that Larry saved us question for this week so um, we'd say one of the highlights of the tour has been Mason Greenwood which we will get into so in the theme of youth success and courage I thought I'd let's throw out there who was the who is the youngest goal scorer ever for Manchester United hint it is not obvious now, I sh- this is a question someone should know, so I really should know this, but off the top of my head, I have no idea. I could maybe narrow it down to three, three or four players. It seems like an answer, an answer I should know. Let's visit it at the end of the yeah, episode. I've got it down to three. You've got about half an hour to think about it. Yeah, no, we'll see. Um, so where are we going to start with? we touch on that. Um, just an overview of the tour so far in general. Um, what's there been? There's been the Perth Glory match, the Leeds match, and the other day the Inter Milan match. Three wins, three clean sheets. What are your thoughts? I reckon it's been quite solid, actually. Yeah, we don't need a defender, obviously. Yeah, We're yeah. keeping clean sheets. Phil Jones. Uh, <laughs> One goal. He scored a header. Amazing. It's amazing to see him actually scoring a goal in the opposite net. Didn't know if he was it's capable. Been, it's been a while since that. Actually, yeah. I couldn't tell you his last goal. 
his last goal for us. I could maybe, see his last maybe that's goal. next week's trivia. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, you you were there, so it'd be good to get your thoughts from from my point of view watching at home. It's clear to see that United are starting to implement a, an ethos. A, I think the biggest thing as well that we can speak about is. Under Mourinho, Moyes, Van Gaal, there hasn't been an identity. Whereas now you are seeing an identity. There's clearly a ploy to have a high press and play on a counter-attack. I think, I think that's been the main difference. When I've taken the three games, especially those first two games, a lot was made of United couldn't break Perth down. Yeah. But Perth had 11 men behind the ball. The reason they had 10-11 behind the ball was simply because United were winning the ball so high. Perth couldn't get out. So every time United won the ball, Perth were in there defending. There was yeah. no way through. United were winning the ball so high. And that came from just simply from the press, whether Martial was putting effort in, but especially players like Rashford, Daniel James, and Jesse Wingard. Um, that is the main difference, how high we're winning the ball up. Now, that did come at a bit risk against better opposition. You don't win the ball that high. Yeah. But you can get played through a little bit, especially with our midfield. But it has been very impressive. Yeah, no doubt. And you know what? It's early days, and I know he hasn't really been brilliant with the ball, but I don't mind in the sense Anthony Martial, he seems to be making a genuine effort to press. There seems to be an attitude switch. And if I just watch the way he's playing, actually, I'm impressed with that. And I saw against the Inter game, it was quite interesting to see Martial through the middle, Rashford on, on the left. And... Martial was leading the press a fair few times and I think there's still a bit of work there to do. I think there was one there was one point in the first half. He switched off and it ended up in an entire corner. So a little bit of work to do, but um, what did you think about Martial through the middle, Rashford on the left? I was quite surprised because I thought Rashford... Well, I, I think we mentioned it before. Yeah, I have a strong feel, not a strong feeling, but sort of a gut feeling that Solskjaer does see him as a striker. And we've seen Rashford veer out wide... Um, Almost, almost naturally, he veers out to the left as well. And Martial does like to cut inside. And I, Solskjaer has mentioned in the past that he sees, or both Martial and Solskjaer do see him as a centre forward. The, the left wing is somewhere we can sort of get consistent game time. So I don't know if I'd be confident switching them around. Well, one stroke one week, one stroke the other week. But I do like to see him through the middle. Yeah. Um, Daniel James, we're seeing him on both the left and right. So if he's an option on the left, uh, that pushes Martial through the middle. So it's hard to tell, but um, I'd say performance levels, he's been fine. It hasn't been the Martial we would hope for on the ball. But I'm sure Solskjaer this pre-season, it's not about on the ball. It's solely about his defensive work and defensive positioning. That's right. You know, one of the oldest sayings in sport is, you can't teach attitude. Martial, we know what he can do on the ball. So for me, it's promising to see what he's doing off it. Because the, the things with the ball, the skill with the ball, it will come. Oh, yeah, no, that comes. You can't, you can't judge anyone on sort of the attacking. Tom, um, while we're talking about, you know, reviewing the tour so far, who's been your standout player? Besides Phil Jones. Oh, besides, I mean, I know Phil Jones, of course, but who's your second best player? Tongue in cheek, guys. Yeah, no, that is a tricky one. We'll get into it a, bit, a little bit later. The best player is Paul Pogba. By far. Really? He is on... Watching him live, he's on a different level to anyone on the pitch. Um, unbelievable. In terms of performances, though, I think it is a tricky one. I think Mason Greenwood has stood out. Um, I think Rashford has sort of led the line well, albeit against not fantastic defenders. But I think anyone who's played at centre-back has stood out. I think Twan Zavi, Eric Bay, Victor Lindelof... 
Um, right through the whole team, everyone's been well. Wan Bissaka, the new signer, has been that was fantastic. the one I was waiting for. Yeah, for me, Wan Bissaka has been brilliant, and just watching the way he there was an instance against Inter. I'm not sure if it was against Perisic. I could be wrong, but he gave he gave his winger three four yards on purpose. Probably. Uh, and then he's just caught him and then just put his legs out and cleans up the ball. And he did it again and again. And he's done it in the first three games. He wins every tackle he goes for. He's brilliant. And his timing is, is impeccable. And you know what? I, I don't know. And I know it's so early days. But just watching him play, I thought he was good. I didn't think he was this good. And yes, it's a preseason friendly. Yes, there will be greater tests. But he has all the makings of becoming a fan favourite. You can see it. Yeah, a lot of the, I wouldn't say criticisms, but a lot of the reservations when he signed was his attacking um, output, and I do see that when. But I kind of feel sorry for him because when he gets into that final third in that position, well, he has assisted a goal so far for Greenwood. He does like to stop and he cuts back almost what we criticise Valencia for. But then I see it on the other side of the league, Shaw or whoever is the right sided player when one percent is not playing, and they're obviously under the same instruction. We're not crossing the ball. So when we see one start getting that area, we're screaming at the TV, cross the ball, cross the ball. That's obviously the, not the instruction they have from Solskjaer. They're coming back in and trying to find a way through. Yeah. Um, so he hasn't been... Fan- well, there's absolutely been no criticism, criticism of him, but he hasn't been fantastic on the ball. But as was just mentioned earlier with Martial, this whole pre-season is about the descent, defensive structure. And if that's down-packed, you know, everything else just comes naturally you know, with games yeah. and with fitness. It was interesting because uh, I remember at the time when Klopp took over Liverpool, and I don't, I don't like to compare to Liverpool, but reality is they're ahead of us at the moment. And when he came in, a lot of the criticism was they're not scoring a lot of goals, if you, if you remember. And the goals eventually came. It was just about getting that defensive system right. And people might hate to hear this, but our style is closer to Liverpool than people might think. Yeah. Well, if that style wins them a Champions League, we might as well. It does. Yeah, and in fact, if you look at Liverpool and where I can make a comparison is Liverpool's weakness is probably their central midfield and I'd argue at this point in time, it's our biggest weakness as well. There's not a lot of depth there in terms of quality. There's numbers, but there's that's the area where I'm feeling there's real lack of genuine quality. So, so far promising. Um, look, we've still got a few games to go, but look, I still think a centre-back is crucial. It well, is, yeah. Before we move on, we're definitely going to touch on the centre-back issue, but... Uh, we'll just touch on one Bissaka, Daniel James, his first couple of performances. You're not, you're not sold on him? I'm not impressed, Tom. See, I, I was quite impressed. I thought... What, it, what impresses you about him? What was the one thing we just mentioned was the, the biggest positive of this, the game so far? As a, from a team perspective. Yeah, the, the look... High, the he, high press, which I think he's been pivotal for. There were t- I agree in the and first two games. Obviously, Sutter, obviously yeah. he's not brought in to press defenders. He's, brought, he's an attacking player. You have to produce when you have the ball. Yeah. But um, I think what the balance is given to the team and the energy he's given, because the energy is something we've criticised often this team, I think he's brought it. Obviously, quality-wise, you compare it to other players, he doesn't have that finished finish product. But I think he's been fine. I, think, I agree in the terms of energy. He has a great attitude. But there was times against Inter where Martial had to encourage him to press. I don't know if you saw that, 
but he was kind of like he, it was like he was a little bit unsure it wasn't a it wasn't a laziness it, it was a yeah. just a, like a like a hesitant it's just like I'm not sure if he should press or not sure if he should go and Martial who's someone who's not renowned for his work right yeah. has to encourage you to press that's a concern for me and you know, every time he had the ball against Inter mind you Inter's probably the best op- not probably they're the best opposition we've faced so far he lost the ball on just about every occasion right when he gets the ball it tends to have that little bit of bounce off away from him that to me I could be wrong and it's still early days and I hope he proves me wrong but from what I'm seeing there's a genuine lack of quality from him and if I just compare to what Chong did in that second half against Inter to what James produced in the first three games no one I, I think I think it's a different not a difference but um, Daniel Jones would be far more effective I think away from home when we don't have as much of the ball there was one I think he may have hit the post or he may have put a shot wide in the I think it might have been the, the, lead, the, the Leeds game yeah the Leeds game where he had a counter attack and he made an overlapping run and he just I think he hit the post but um, where that sort of chance doesn't come to fruition at Old Trafford where teams sit in yeah um, which Inter defended quite deep and Perth defended quite deep but, um so in a game where we're dominating possession, it might be a Jesse Lingard, it might be a Mata, or it might be a Greenwood. It could be a bit more effective when you're trying to break through a defence and you need that bit of bit of creativity, a bit of technical ability on the ball, which out of all the options, Daniel James probably has the least of. Yeah. He's got all the pace in the world for that sort of little... So does you say Bolt, mate? <laughs> How did that go? Yeah. Oh, I forgot that was a thing. <laughs> um, now, just before we wrap up the tour aspect, um, something we probably won't disagree on, Mason Greenwood. Oh. Or just before we get into it, yeah. um, one of the members of the sports club, Lockie, he travelled over to Perth with us. Um, we just started off with a question. He said, can Greenwood be the next Van Persie? Um, I understand the calm, comparisons. Calm, calm down, Lockie. RVP. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I understand the comparisons, but I actually don't think that 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 similar. I think it's because I think it's the running style. To be body, honest, body language. Yeah, it, um, Greenwood's got a very gangly running style. I actually, I'm going to get slaughtered for saying this. He reminds me more of Ronaldo than he does of Van Persie, and I'm saying that not Ronaldo now, not even Ronaldo at Madrid. I'm talking about the Ronaldo who Manchester United signed as an 18-year-old. Lots of step-overs, very direct, loves a shot at goal. Um, I'd argue he's actually got a better end product than what Ronaldo did at the same age, and he's now scored two goals. His goal, I was more pleased with his goal against um, Leeds because that was a instinctive fox in the box goal. Which that was, that was a great goal. Uh, that goal. That yeah. Through to one Brilliant. And the reason I love that goal is because the criticism of Martial and Rashford is they can score all the worldies in the world, but they both seem to. They just struggle with that instinctive goal, which Mason Greenwood scored. And even against Cardiff, we saw this in the last game of the season, he seems to just know where to be. Well, that's the criticism Solskjaer's had of the strikers so far, yeah. especially Rashford, Martial, and I guess you could even put Lukaku in all. have kind of forgotten about Lukaku. But that striker who can just score a tap-in. Yeah. Which seems an easy thing to do but it's almost the hardest thing to do as a yeah. striker if you're saying the next RVP as in he starts off as a winger and becomes a world class centre forward could definitely see it happening he's 17 he has to keep his head on the ground That's keep, the I most keep forgetting he's 17 I know it's, it's crazy and especially because the temperament he's showing in his, especially the, the finish against Inter temperament brilliant 
if he sh- if he keeps his head on the ground and he keeps working hard, there's no reason why he can't be a world class centre forward for me. Well, 100% agree. Now that wraps up the tour part of this. Well, well the tour is still going, but so far, Harry Maguire seems like it is almost done. It seems like it's almost been up for two weeks. But the latest report is that it could be around 80 million, and it's not, surely 80 million will be enough. That is way too much. We both agree, but. Yeah. Surely it's got to be done now. If United are talking around that fee, Leicester will accept. Yeah, look, it's not worth for me talking about the money because it's not our money. Um, and the other thing is, if Solskjaer has said to the board, this is the man I want, then you just have to get him his man. We would have both loved Kulabali, but I think just the price range is just not something that the club is willing to meet. So get Harry Maguire in. Does he improve our defence? The answer is yes. I think he provides something that none of our defenders currently have. I mean, Bailly had a touch, but his fitness is what's in question. Well, that's the thing. When you watch our defenders, and albeit they haven't been up against fantastic or fantastic attacking sides, yeah. but um, they haven't put a foot wrong. And you think, when they're fit, our centre-backs, and again, you're not comparing them to the best in the world, no. but you wouldn't see it as a priority, an issue. But when you, can, when you add in their, their fitness issues... It is the priority because you see Eric Bay, you see Phil Jones, you see God. Who else we got? Marcus Rojo. When they're defending on their day, yeah, yeah, don't need to replace them. But they'll have two days a season. They're out for thirty-six other days. And that's the problem. Harry Maguire is reliable. He's not injured, and the the most pleasing thing, two most pleasing things: great on the ball and brilliant in the air. And it's been too long. I know Phil Jones scored against Leeds, but. I don't recall since Vidic retired that we've had that aerial threat at centrepieces, and right. I think it's time that we did have that again. Well, I think a part of that is not only... Oh, and I completely agree, but a part of that is obviously the service from the corner. We haven't had yep. someone who could hit a corner. Andreas Pereira, so... Phil Jones taking the corner, <laughs> straight <laughs> well, on Harry Maguire's head. Okay, this is the Phil Jones podcast. He's, he's <laughs> getting a bit of a wrap-up. This one... Um, so do you think by the time, or you won't be here for the next podcast, but do you think Harry Maguire will sign by the time the next episode is out? I'm going to say no. I think it's going to go right up until the deadline, mate. Oh, my God. If that, go, if that carries on to deadline day. Might not, might not be deadline day, but I think it's going to be the week off. I think it's going to carry on. Well, I expect it to be done in a few days. Now, football makes hypocrites of all of us, makes hypocrites of me every single day. A couple of weeks ago, both had enough of Paul Pogba. Get rid of him, telling he doesn't want to be here. See you on your bike, Pogba. Now, I take it all back. We cannot let this guy go. He is on a different level to anyone we have. If we lose Paul Pogba, it's not this overreaction or we're finished. No, the club moves on. Okay, but he, I cannot see how we can bring in a player to offer anything near what he does. I think that's the biggest problem. Um, if we if we had a, a proactive board rather than a reactive one, and if we knew that, yes, we could get a good quality replacement in, by all means, I'd let it go. But the fact that it's now close to the end of the English transfer window and how brilliant he's been, 
it, it's not it's not even a brilliance thing like yeah he's been good but it's, there's been players who stood out more in terms of like, yeah, like Saka yeah. and Greenwood but just watching you think oh okay yeah no he's better than the other players so that's you can, right you can just tell just that run he made against Inter and even the he's played a more reserved role yeah, um, so far yeah. which I hope when the season proper comes should he still be here he's playing a little bit more advanced but what he's done in that deep role is he's dictated the tempo he's spread the ball right he spread the ball right around with quality and being that link player what Carrick was brilliant at and obviously completely different players but what Carrick was brilliant at was being the key pass before the assist and that's what Pogba seems to be showing glimpses of there might be times when he might have to be a bit deeper of course in that when we're playing against better opposition away from home Pogba being that little bit deeper to put a long ball through for someone he's showing signs of that and it's a real maturity performance that we've seen the last few games so yeah, we can't let him go, mate. But what do you think? Because you rewind ourselves to, was it two, three weeks ago when he yeah. came out in China? I think he was in China or Japan or something and said he wants a new challenge. Or he didn't actually say, he said he feels like it might be time for a new challenge should the situation arise um, to leave. If that, that, I'm assuming it's probably still his motive. I, I assume if Real Madrid still want him, he wants to go. If he does want to go and he's still performing at that level, do you see an issue in the dressing room? Or do you think, no? Forget, forget what his feelings are his feeling might not want to be here but he's still our best player but where do you actually sit on that balance? I mean you can take the old school mentality of Fergie where it was that's it if Fergie was still here he'd be gone yeah. that's that's not in question but as long as Solskjaer this, this is going to be the challenge of Solskjaer's leadership it's a hell of a challenge his first proper challenge in management it is because not only is it your first, your first season um, full time at Manchester United. You need to get, you need to improve the club, get them into the top four, or get them into the Champions League. Because it's a problem. Mourinho failed at the most experienced manager, and what he failed at this problem. Exactly. But what Solskjaer is doing well is instead of fueling the fire, he's he's trying to work around it. And he says, like he, he said on MUTV, or well, it might not have been on MUTV, sorry, but he said, um, I can give Pogba a new chance. Said in the press conference. Um, so for me you know what for me if you can convince Pogba to stay this season offer him a long term deal or in fact if you can show and get the signings in before the transfer window closes show him that yes there is progression maybe he changes his mind I, but I can understand changes his mind or do you think it's all again we don't know which side to sit on yeah but could it all be a ploy a la Rooney to get a new contract I don't think so yeah. um, oh no yeah I, I wouldn't think so but because if you look at where Rooney was in his career compared to where Pogba is now, while a similar age, Pogba hasn't achieved at United what Rooney had already achieved. Yeah. And this squad is definitely weaker. So for me, it's about... I think Pogba genuinely wants to be challenged. He's getting more. He's getting plenty of money. He's close to 300k a week. I don't think money's the issue here. It's about, can I win the trophies I want to win at this club? So we need to convince him that we can do that. In saying that, does he he could do better in what he says to the media, no doubt. Oh. But since he's come in, attitude's been perfect, playing well. Hopefully we can convince him to say. So Pogba from the bottom of my heart, if you ever hear this, I'm genuinely sorry. Please stay. <laughs> we take it all back. <laughs> now, where he is linked to Real Madrid, just quickly touch on this, Zidane has just come out and quite I don't know what the word is, but I was just shocked at Zidane's comments about Gareth Bale in terms of wanting to get rid of him. says so everything about the club that Real Madrid is. Well, I didn't expect that from Zidane. Maybe the president, you can understand that, or the fans. But from the actual manager, I wouldn't even think Mourinho would come out and say something like that. 
It was very unprofessional, I thought. But Bale to United is the obvious link. Well, it's not linked to too heavily but it makes a lot of sense do you think it happens or the link with China I, I don't think it happens I think if Alexis Sanchez wasn't on the books yeah. I think it'd be more likely uh, we keep forgetting Sanchez still plays we for do us. mate we do but yeah I think you you set yourself up for failure because Bale last season didn't play as well as he has in the past really and he's 30 years of age injury prone I feel like that's a lot of risk boxes to be ticking and when you consider we still have Sanchez on the books who has a similar age, similar similar injury problems at the moment, to have two of them in one squad, I think that's asking a bit too much, taking a, not into account their wages. Yeah, I read something potentially like over five hundred, six hundred thousand pound a week fees on it, which which kind of sort of doesn't sort of get swept under the radar a little bit. The wages in Spain, everyone looks at sort of what Pogba's earning, what Rashford's earning in Spain, Real Madrid and Barcelona. Those players and PSG players sometimes double what our top earners run. Yeah, in saying that, their squads are genuinely a bit smaller. Yeah, agree, and I'm sure there's different tax issues in in Europe compared to England. Now, just on that right wing issue. Nicholas Pepper, he was on your Dubai list a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he was. The latest link is United are looking at talks with him. It looks like potentially Liverpool may be favourites. He's a player I do not want to go to Liverpool. Whether we get him or not, whether he's a priority or not, I'm not sure. And I don't want to sign a player just to stop another team buying him, but I think he's the perfect player for Liverpool. I think they need another fast attacking player on that right-hand side is versatile. Yeah. Um, I mean... It's a funny one. Does he improve United? Yes. I think he'd give us a lot of balance on that right-hand side. Would contribute to goals and assists. Again, very quick. Um, Contributed to nearly 50% of um, Lille's goals last season. 24 years of age. So he fits the profile. Uh, He's not British. (laughs) Um, But Brexit hasn't started yet, so I don't see that being an issue. Um, If we could get him, I'd be over the moon with that. Imagine you have a front three of Martial, Rashford and... Pepe, it's a little bit naughty, Tom. It's not fair. I just don't see this link that's come out from Duncan Castle saying the United are sort of progressing with their talks. I just have a feeling it's from Wills and to hurry up another buyer. I don't think there's been enough noise around. You saw when we signed one Bissaki, everyone knew it was going to happen. When yeah. we signed Daniel James, it was two or three weeks, we knew it was going to happen. We know Harry Maguire is going to happen. Nicholas Pepe, there's not, there's not too much noise. Look, would I like it to happen? Yes. But if we're looking at what's a priority for Manchester United, I just want to see the Harry Maguire deal get over the line. We can get by. While a right-side winger or right-side attacker is important for United, I think they can get away with it. Whereas the centre midfield and central defence especially, that definitely has to be the priority. Just want to see us address those issues first, to be honest. No, fingers crossed. Now, we'll just finish off with one or two... I think there's only one or two questions or sent through on Facebook and Twitter. First one from Pete Gilmore on Facebook. He's just saying, keen to get your thoughts on Tuan Zabi's chances of first-team football with Maguire coming in, or potentially coming in. If he does, what will be the main partnership? Will be Harry Maguire and Lindelof? Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, Maguire and Lindelof would be your starting centre-halves, and then I could see Tuan Zabi and Bay being the backup. to be honest. Let's say fitness isn't an issue. Is it Maguire and Lindelof, or is it Maguire, and are you just assuming Bay's going to be injured, so Lindelof's your choice? <laughs> or would you go Eric Bay? I'd go Bay because Lindelof and Tuan Zabi are quite similar, and the deficiency in both their games is in the air. So if I'm looking at purely from that point of view, Bay is decent in the air. 
and he's a bit more physical. So I think you need you need a balance. So for me, it'd be B. But can Tuans A B be a squad player in this team? No doubt. But I think it'll come down to you have to get one of Jones, Smalling, Rojo, Rojo off the books. But in two of at them, least you, on loan. You need to get two of them off, I think, to to really. Look, you can way too many. It's our one, number one priority issue, centre back. But it's where we're most well stocked. Yeah. And they're in left wing. Look, I think if you have five, you can run away with it. One gets neglected a little bit, but to have six at the club definitely can't happen. So we'll see. Um, he also Pete also touches us on I'm observe, observing I'm obsessing over Bruno Fernandez too but I think that's unlikely to happen unless we can move on Lukaku and a few other players the Bruno Fernandez link for me there seems to be nothing in it you know what it reminds me of Wesley Schneider Schneider and who's the other guy from Benfica uh, Ga- Gaetan uh, Nico Gaetan um yeah, look, there might be something in it. He looks like a good player. We've t- discussed him at length on this podcast before. Rumour has it there's a bid preparing to be made. It's been prepared for a while. <laughs> no doubt. But um, the more it continues, the more it continues, I just don't see anything in it. I think there's an interest there. I just don't think it's a priority. Um, I, 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 there's I, an interest from Portugal, and I haven't seen one English paper really run with it. That's true. I think it could just be one of... The, look, the Portuguese press seem to link their star players with United all the time. We've seen it with Yao Felix. He ended up going to Atletico Madrid. Then we never heard of it again. Look, I think there's probably an interest there, but I'm sure United are interested in a lot of players, to be honest. Um, will it happen? I'd like to see it happen, but hard to say, mate. I think he improves our team, and I think, especially with Pogba, if anything happens, I think there's a lack of creativity there. Well, he also mentions, or part of that question is, um, if Lukaku can get moved on. Now, we played Intermar the other day, Lukaku didn't play. There's a lot been at Solskjaer, he's mentioned his fitness issues a few times throughout pre-season. Now, being in Perth, in and around the training sessions... Do you think he's injured? He's been training, and he, he's, when he well, sometimes he hasn't come down to train, but he's obviously doing gym work. But the times he has been on the field training... He's training, he's joining in with the team. Yeah, I don't think he's injured at all. So, um, I think this deal's going to happen, and I think it's just a matter of Inter progressing to what United are asking for. And you know what? Credit to United, because two years ago, they held out to, for the Perisic deal. $2 million, allegedly, where they wouldn't budge on. Yeah. We offered 42 they wanted 44 So you hope United hold tough on this one. And it's good to see. Considering which we mentioned last week, players like Raphael and that, we used to sell for 2 or $3 million. Nani yeah. we sold for a handful of pocket change. So hopefully now we are, and again, we've said before, it means nothing to us how much money we get. But there is a part that says, sort of, yeah, well done and F you to winter. Yeah. If you want the player, spend the money like we have to. Exactly. We've been forced to spend $80 million on Harry Bloody Maguire. Um, now, David Balfour on Twitter. We'll, I think we'll touch on this later on or close to the season. But um, do we go for top four or the Europa League? Uh, I think both. Um, Solskjaer, the, the, way he's, the way he's talking about it, it seems to be with the Europa League, there's going to be an emphasis on playing the youth predominantly, at least in the group stages. And then should we progress from that? I think then it'll be a reassessment in uh, January, February. See where we're at. At the, at, but to start the season, he'll definitely go for both. I think considering a special one, and again, under a different manager, but the club yeah. has won the Europa League. They've done that. They've sort of ticked that box. It's just a bonus now if we win it. We went into that season. Not excited, but it was Mourinho's first season. Yeah, he knows how to win in Europe. We'll be able to do something. Yeah. We had a, sort of a, a kind group and an easy run to the final. Um, so there was that bit of excitement. But yeah, no, let's, why not go for the Europa League? Well, now sort of we've done that dance. Top four is a priority. Yeah. Any top four is a priority. Well, then you start looking at top three, top two, 
No doubt. And I think we can talk about it closer to the start of the season, but if we just use common sense, it's easier to get to a position after 38 games than it is to go for a cup because in the cup you need an element of luck particularly with how many games are in the Europa League so if you if you had to choose you would say focus on the league but I think we'll go for both uh, hard to disagree with that now that just about wraps up now I've been racking my brain for the past 25 minutes thinking about this youngest player to score so just repeat the question for me yep so the... who is the youngest goal scorer in Manchester United's history now, I remember when Angel Gomez came on against Palace the other year that he's the youngest player to come on since Duncan Edwards. So I'm not sure if it is potentially Duncan Edwards himself. I'm going to take a stab, though, and say Federico Makeda. Oh, Tom, well done, I've mate. Got it. Well, well done. done. Yes. Yeah. 17 years, 7 months, and 14 days against Aston Villa. I had, I had a handful of three. I had Ryan Giggs, uh, Makeda, and Duncan Edwards. So, lucky stab there. Um, that was a good question though. that had me thinking that had me thinking for unfortunately for I was having a look could Mason Greenwood break that record but he can't, he can't. His, his birthday is in three months time so well he probably would have done it if he took those chances against Cardiff, Cardiff yeah Cardiff. he would have um, now before we go you want to tell us where you're going to and where you're going what games how long are you going to yeah, leave mate, me for yeah so um, I won't I won't be on the podcast for the next four weeks four. Um, heading over to heading over to Europe what games uh, so I will be at uh, Wolves Wolves away, Wolves away um, versus United. So, um, yeah, if there's any United fans around, I'll definitely come looking for you. And if you if you find me, maybe I should put my photo up on uh, on, on the good old Insta machine. Right, and they go swipe left or swipe right. I don't know which oh, way. Oh, mate, you have to swipe right for me. Swipe right. I'm, I'm a good-looking one. But I don't know which way. Which way is which? Left or right? I'm the Ronaldo of the MUFC <laughs> podcast. Um, now that just about wraps up. Now because Larry's going pre-recorded two or three podcasts in Perth. Now I'll release one next week, which from the Perth Supporters Club, and so in and around the Leeds match, sort of pre-match and half-time, etc. We also met up with Stephen Housen, full-time Devils, when we we're over there. Now, us the professionals here, we record on an iPhone in the middle of the table. When Housen saw that, he threw the phone away and recorded on this really professional microphone type thing. However, he sent me through the file and my audio is very soft and his audio came through crystal clear. So I'm currently trying to get um, him on the bike to try and fix that audio because he listened back and he isn't happy with it either. Um, so hopefully I'll be releasing that within a week or two. If not, Larry can meet up with him maybe in Manchester. Oh, yep, I'll, I'll buy him a beer. Buy him a beer. He did like a drink. He did like a drink. Um, that just about wraps up this one. So thank you for listening. Make sure on all Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, MFC podcast. We're on all the podcast apps now, I think. Spotify, SoundCloud, yeah, iTunes. Um, enjoy your trip. Thanks, man. See you in a month. No, see you. Cheers. Cheers.